What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> using some video, it's easier for me to reach a lot of people right now with video through social media and everything, and then I just use that short one-minute video clip to point people towards the podcast. You know, let me tell you something that's real interesting in my business What's that? when I first started. It's totally different how you reach people mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Social media and, and all you ways of reach them now. Yeah. When I started, it was newspaper print. And, and print. So I hired a boy that knew every outdoor rider in the United States. I think I read about this. And he not only knew the outdoor rider in the in the magazine, but he knew the newspaper writers. Uh -huh. And I got to be friends with some of the biggest newspaper sports uh, you know, uh -huh. edition, like Dave Ritchie, the Free Press, Free Press of Detroit. Uh -huh. uh, uh, Bill Saffel, St. Louis. Uh, See, Saint Bob McNally in Florida. And then Bob that, Hood in Dallas. And I knew all these guys. That's how you pushed. Yeah, that's the way I did. And yeah. I tell you, I got we was getting so successful getting uh, publicity. Bill Jordan from Realtree. Oh yeah. Called me. He oh, said, yeah. "Please well, you, tell me how you doing." You that. were probably a little bit before Bill Jordan. Just a well, just a little bit. Because I don't know their bit. timeline. Yeah. yeah. So the way you're talking about the business and advertising and print, that actually, so the story of how you all got started. It's, it, I actually really like it because it's pretty organic. I, right. I don't think you guys ever actually meant to start a business in the first place. It That's just exactly. Happened. Well, it snowballed. Yeah. You know, this led to this. This led to that. Next thing we knew, was doing this, and then in 1979, I won the World Goose Calling Championship. I read that too. And so that that sort of helped in the waterfowl. And uh, next thing you know, we came out with a. Uh, you know, if you come out with a home run, we call it in the industry. It's you know you've done something. We yeah. come out with several of them. Oh, I've read about some of them. Yeah. Let, let me take a break real quick because okay. we kind of just got started talking, which is good. Yeah. But I need to start the podcast off officially. Okay. So All right, I'm Chase it. Winninger, host of the podcast yeah. with um, Harold Knight here from Knight and Hill. So yeah. now that we've got that going, we can jump back into our all conversation. Right. And yeah. like like I just said a second ago, one of the things I thought was more interesting about how you all got started was that it was organic. That's exactly right. And I, I'm not sure everybody really knows that story. So just real quickly, I'm going to, as quick as I can, try to tell that story. And wherever I get something wrong, just let me know. But basically the way I understand it, you were a barber in K-Days, and you were making turkey calls just on your own, probably giving them to friends and family That's and people would ask for them. And uh, David had killed a turkey, and he was one of the very few people in the state that killed a turkey that year because this is before the restoration. That's right. And there were almost no turkeys to be had, right? It was lamb between the lakes. The L place LBL and uh, I think that, uh, what was it, uh, Burnham Forest yeah. was one of the only other places in the state yeah. that had turkey. And uh, he came to you to get a turkey call after that happened and you and him kind of became hunting buddies. That's right. And just like you were talking about a second ago with the, the print advertising, you guys were out turkey hunting one day and a magazine writer just so happened to run up on you. Our, our great uh, fortune to have somebody like yeah. that to be a uh, contributing editor of Fort Field Magazine. Yeah. And he was here in Lamb Between the Lakes hunting, named Colonel Dave Harbor. Well, I guess when there's only so many turkeys, it's easier to bump into each other. You know, magazines back in those days mm -hmm. were really looked at mm -hmm. because that was only the only source of people 
had to learn about turkey calling mm -hmm. and turkey hunting. Well, that's probably fortunate for you all, too. It certainly was. And so and he got one of your calls from you. He did and killed a turkey, uh, <laughs> or called up a turkey and yeah. killed it with that call. And he wrote an article about it, and in then... Sportsfield Magazine in 1972. And from there, and after he killed a turkey with your call, and you wrote an article about it, you started getting a whole bunch of phone calls for your for your calls you were making. He, he told us, said, now y'all can expect to get a lot of... Uh, calls and letters and things on this article and I couldn't comprehend you yeah. know, just exactly what he meant what he meant yeah <laughs> and uh, he was it was very true what he said because we did get lots of them, yeah. several thousand and uh, for a barber that's probably pretty tough to pull well off. that's tough and, uh, and I was trying to build these calls on the kitchen table uh -huh. and uh, where'd you find all the pill bottles well, <laughs> that's what you were using I, right was I, it a pill bottle yeah my barber shop was next to a drugstore and I'd go up there and uh, <laughs> find the pill bottles, but the hardest thing, when the hardest thing, the most uh, difficult thing for me to buy was the, the rubber part that went on top of it. Oh, really? That's a, you know, honestly, that hadn't even crossed my mind until just then. Where did he get all those pill bottles? So that's, I was fortunate. I was right close to the drugstore and I'd buy them. Now, we first started making them, they, they wouldn't out of a pill bottle. Uh -huh. They was out of a piece of little conduit pipe. Mm -hmm. Okay, and well, I'd that's cut that conduit pipe at first. Mm -hmm. That's that's the way I started doing mm -hmm. it. And of course, you know, when you, I always tell people that's in the game call business, or when I was making lots of game calls, I said it's easy to make that one call, but make me ten thousand of them just like that. Yeah. And and that's what I was up against on making them out of this conduit. You know, making them one at a time. It was, it was tough, so yeah, I needed right. help. So that's why you got David to help. Yeah. And David's very, very, very aggressive type person on working and stuff and he was a hog farmer uh -huh. and uh and uh, a farmer you know uh, grain farming hog farming and <laughs> so we we went into it on part time of course i was a barber and he's a farmer and uh we worked around and and we uh, you know after a year or two that run out the the publicity we had out mm -hmm. of uh, sports field magazine yeah. but it didn't take us learn long to learn uh, that this was a, the way it, to get your publicity back in those days. You know, of course, right now, social media and everything's yeah. the way it did. Back in the days when we started, it was newspaper and outdoor writers. Yeah. So we got to know some of the top outdoor writers, uh -huh. uh, magazine writers, and newspaper writers in the United States. And we uh, got to hunting with them uh -huh. and, and, got, and started getting a lot more publicity. Yeah. And... Uh, one thing led to another, and you know, next thing we knew, we, we was getting lots of published. We didn't have a lot to sell, so we had to come up with some new calls. Some new calls. And one of them I know was the Easy Grunner. Well, the, yeah, the Easy Grunner. That was exactly that was what we call a home run. Yeah. Because we were one of the first companies to really commercially build a grunt call mm -hmm. on mass production. Yeah, it said that in the article I read, of course I was born in 89, so this is before me, so I can't remember it firsthand. Are you just a pup? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so, yeah, I can't say I'm not. But uh, what I read is that people weren't really big into calling in deer back then. No, it wasn't, that was a whole new thing. Yeah. And again, we used our outdoor <laughs> riders to, to uh, publicize this and tell them how good the uh, grunt the deer could be. It's my favorite way to hunt a deer. Oh yes, sir. It's, it's, it, it, you know, some of the outdoor riders told us, said, "Now this trend is going to last for a very short period of time." Mm -hmm. 
wrong. That's the funnest way to hunt any animals if you can call them in. That's right. I, one of the reasons turkey hunting is so, so special correct. is because you can actually talk to them. That's right. That's the reason I love to elk hunt out west because it's like a turkey only weighs any other pounds. Oh, man. Yeah. And you That's can call true. him right to you. He'll yeah. bugle. Bugle him back. And he'll answer you. You know, if you sound like the cow, he'll answer you back. Same thing as turkey hunting. You know, sound like the hen and the gobbler answer you back. It's uh, a lot like turkey hunting, That's, elk hunting. I hadn't even thought about elk hunting and turkey hunting be, yeah. being similar yeah. because of that. But yeah. yeah, my favorite way to deer hunt, hands down, is calling them in. I'll hunt September just because I have, oh, the, I have the itch so bad to be out there, I can't not do it. You know, uh, so many people that hadn't uh, really had the opportunity to use a grunt call now even, mm -hmm. and they don't know what they're missing. It, it adds to your hunt so much. Grunt call, some rattle animals. That's right, and, uh, and you feel so good to, uh, to grunt one in. Yeah. You know, they all don't come in, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I'll be the first to tell you that, but yeah. what if you got two out of 10 or 12? Well, the last four or five years, every one of the deer, every one of the bucks I've taken has come in either to a grunt call or to rattle antlers. All right. And so, it, I mean, it's just, so it's how I'm I don't have to convince you. No, you no, 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 no. You'd have to convince me there was a better way to yeah, do it okay. because that's the way yeah. I think is best. So. But anyway, you know, the grunt call was big for us. That was a yeah. home run. Yeah. And we uh, we uh, was trying to make them, but we had to have them made to mass produce them. Mm -hmm. So what we did, we Dave and I owned a little farm mm -hmm. we dearly loved, mm -hmm. and, and sell uh, it. we had to sell that farm oh, no. to make enough money. We didn't have any money. We had to sell that farm to make enough money to buy injection molds. Yeah, and we did, and it was a very very good investment because we sold millions of them. Did you patent all these? And we did not. Patent that was not patented. We had I take that back. We had one concept on the easy grunter inhale exhale was patented. Okay. And that's the one we sold the most. Okay. And we sold it uh, literally millions of them. Millions of and, people. And uh, anyway, there was an inhale exhale grunt call. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And uh, to this day, I, I love to bow hunt and love to deer hunt as well as turkey hunting, which we're doing today. But you know. The grunt call is a big part of my hunting still yeah. right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's no better way to, to call in a deer. And as far as turkey hunting, because you're here for the live calling show tonight, yeah. and so I've just stolen you for a little bit before the oh, show yeah, starts. Oh yeah, I enjoy that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm like I said, I feel really fortunate that you're coming on with me and doing this. But that's kind of why we're crammed back in this room at KUT, <clears throat> is because we uh, we're just kind of doing this right before the live calling show starts. Have you ever done one of these calling shows before? I have. I've done a few of them. Uh, you know, several probably, several dozen. Oh, really? Uh, maybe hundreds. That's how you're in high demand. We, uh, you know, the thing about it is we uh, we had a TV show yeah. for 25 years. It was on one of the most successful channel. hunting shows there was. Yeah, and, you know, we started back when, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And when, in other words, when the cameras were 25 pounds yeah. and the batteries were another 15, the tripod 17, 18 mm -hmm. pounds, Dave and I was, uh, going up and down in mountains out west, yeah. elk hunting through the turkey woods and deer woods, climbing trees, pulling them up trees, yeah. and and you know now then the little cameras is so more compact, oh, and so much easier to use mm -hmm. than back though in those days. You know it's funny, I was uh, watching one of your turkey hunts the other day, uh, just because you know I, I thought okay Harold's going to come on, I need to probably freshen up a little bit and make sure I. So I watched one of your bow hunts for a turkey in Kentucky, because I was thinking that's one to watch if any of them. And uh, you were hunting in a ground blind, and you just shot a turkey, and you turned to the camera, and you said, David. And I realized David was the one behind the camera. David was an <laughs> yeah. outstanding yeah. cameraman. i tell you why was, he was such a good cameraman. 
David was a good hunter. Yeah. And he could comprehend, you know, uh, yeah. what was going to take place and how to get that camera and what kind of shot to get. I definitely think that helps. It certainly helps. You, know, you, could, be a, you could be a tremendous cameraman on the sports field or in, uh, in the studio, but that doesn't translate That's to hunting at all. That's right. He, I, knew, he knew when to move and when not to move. Yeah, and what the animal's going to do. Because right. a lot of it's anticipating that. I think that's probably one of the main reasons I got hired on with Kentucky Field is because I had all that hunting experience and there was better that, cameramen that out there. It certainly helps. It really yeah. does. That's, a, that's great. So uh, tell me tell me a, a story, one of those things that just sticks out to you, if you don't mind. Because, you know, obviously people are listening to this and I'm, I've been talking to you about what I want to hear for a little bit, but I'm but sure there's you some know, other stuff. First of all, you know, we come in tonight to do turkey. Mm -hmm. And I, this is... I started hunting my first season in the state of Kentucky in 1960. 1960. Well, that's and, uh, before I've got, the restoration. You know, I've got a lot of experience on turkey hunting, but I want to tell the viewing audience one thing. What's that? They humble me every year. The turkeys do? They do. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah. you to know that I don't pretend to know it all. Oh, yeah. And that's the reason I still enjoy hunting turkey so much, mm -hmm. because I go and maybe take people. I take people more than I get to hunt by myself. Yeah. Maybe we'll be successful two or three days in a row. Yeah, and then all at once, I'm down on my knees saying, <laughs> what have I got to do now to get a turkey and gun right? I understand. But anyway, that's what makes it so enjoyable to mm -hmm. me is turkey hunting. Turkey hunting, by the way, of all the hunting I've got to do over the years. A lot of it. A lot of it mm -hmm. in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. And turkey hunting is still my favorite. Still your favorite. Well, that's kind of how you got your start in all this. As far as what you're doing now, I'm not, I think yeah. I read somewhere that one of the first hunt, maybe you were a goose hunter first. I was, I tell you what I was first, just like a lot of Kentuckians, mm -hmm. a squirrel hunter. Squirrel hunter. I tell these young kids, I said, they always come to me and wanting to be a great caller or this. I said, if you learn to be a good squirrel hunter, uh -huh. and I mean, uh, slipping up on a squirrel, <laughs> learning to read sign when he's cutting hickory nuts, yep. and learning everything about that, you will be a good deer and turkey You hunter. know, that's funny too, because this would slip my mind until you just said that and you reminded me. I also heard somewhere that you would uh, squirrel hunt barefoot so you could sneak up I on them. I could, and you know, I lived and was raised in land between the lakes. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, I would kill about a couple hundred squirrels a year and mm -hmm. hunt them every day uh -huh. if I could. You know, after school, and I loved sports. Yeah. You know, I loved play uh, athletics, you know, baseball, uh -huh. football, all it. But my gosh, I, did, I just, it took away from that because I didn't want me to squirrel hunt yeah. hunting. But, uh, I did. I'd, I'd hunt barefooted, uh, but and you know, you slip a lot better. Yeah. And uh, when I got to guiding, mm -hmm. uh, people over the years, squirrel turkey, hunting. No, turkey okay, I was going to say squirrel hunting. I'd tell them they'd, they'd come out, and I'd look. The first thing I'd look at is see what kind of shoes he had on. Uh -huh. He had a great old big wide shoe, big wide soles. I'd huh. say. Get you some narrow shoes, I'm going to have to start thinking more. My feet That's are right, so big, it's hard for me to. I said, you <laughs> let your feet, you let your eyes do your walking. Yeah. Put your feet down. That's true. And, I, and after a day or two, I'd get to hunt with some of these people. I watched them. They, boy, they were very cautious and a lot mm -hmm. better uh, oh. putting a foot down and I, everything. I'm not saying I'm the best in the world of that by any means at all, but I'm the same way. If I take somebody hunting or if I go hunt with somebody, yeah. I think probably how they walk is the yeah. first thing I notice yeah. about them. Yeah. That and how they carry their gun, if I had to yeah. say. You know, right now, too, I, I still enjoy the turkey hunting. I, like I say, I take people. Uh, I'm not saying this being bragging. Don't get me wrong. Uh -huh. But I have 
been very, very, very fortunate mm -hmm. on get to hunt mm -hmm. turkeys. Mm -hmm. And I have probably witnessed over a thousand turkeys mm -hmm. that's been harvested by other people mm -hmm. and myself. Yeah. Because I've been doing it for uh, close to 60 years. Yeah. And, uh, and, but what I get the most pleasure out of turkey hunting now is seeing somebody kill the first turkey. If it's, a, if it's a young uh, person mm -hmm. or if it's an old person, I don't care if it's his first turkey. Yeah. I really enjoy seeing them. I'd say. And see the excitement on them. And a lot of times, my, I have grandkids. Uh -huh. And I have, I've had lots of kids. And when I get out there, if I'm in a blind, if I'm out, I'm sitting in front of a tree, I've got the little fellows up next to me. Mm -hmm. And when that turkey gets to gobbling, and yeah. coming right in range, you can feel his heart. That's what I was going to say. I'd say the most exciting part yeah. is when they're coming in and they're yeah, getting oh, close, yeah. and you you got the gun ready, yeah. and you're not quite ready to shoot and, yet. But and you know what? I still get. I hope I never lose it. I still get excited when a turkey comes. I'd say up. after I'm, that excitement is still there. And uh, I'd say after 60 years, if you haven't yeah, lost it, you're not going right. to. So. I, I, I hope the Lord I don't. Yeah, I, I, I really. I still really enjoy it. No, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. You seem like you're lo looking forward to this season, probably. I right? really am. I've got people lined up to come. You going to Kentucky? I am. I will hunt several states. So, I, I, this is the first time in 35 years I hadn't hunted Alabama. Oh, really? But I, I chose not to because I think I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to hunt next weekend in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, of course, I'll hunt Kentucky mm -hmm. and Tennessee. And then I'll probably go to Montana or Nebraska, somewhere out west this year. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that also, you know. Out of everywhere you've hunted, what's your, <coughs> what's your favorite? Where would you go if you only had one place you could turkey hunt in the year? Kentucky. Kentucky? That's Kentucky. what I wanted to hear right there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. You didn't put the words in my mouth. I love Kentucky. Yeah. I love everything about Kentucky. I love the, uh, the hardwood. Mm -hmm. I love the little fields that you got. For turkeys, little open pastures. It's kind of like it's kind of like the seasons. We have all of them. We got a little bit of right. everything when it comes to the terrain too. That's exactly right. Except and for maybe swamp, but yeah. I'm okay with that. You can, you probably have some swamp down there where you're at. Excuse me. We do have some in uh, extreme western part of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. You know, with some swamp. We do have some swamp ground around it, but not, not really where I where I live. But I hunt a lot of different places mm -hmm. in Kentucky and Tennessee. Is uh, you know, I live right close to the land between the lakes uh -huh. and Trigg County, uh -huh. and uh, we have lots of good turkey hunting all around the other counties there, and still have good turkey hunting in Lamb Between the Lakes. Yeah. I got drawn this year in Lamb Between the Lakes, and I plan on going just for the simple reason I want to go back to where I hunted when I was a kid. Oh, really? Well, that would be cool. And uh, I always enjoyed hunting Lamb Between the Lakes. It's a great place to hunt. It's a it's a public hunting area mm -hmm. and uh, I have lots of outdoor riders over the years call me wanting to know about how do you hunt different in a public hunting area than private ground and mm -hmm. you know that's always interesting. Well, that is a good question. It is you know it is you have to hunt a little different. How do you do it? Well it's, it's uh, you, you've got competition uh -huh. which is. They probably get called to a bit more. They get called and you get uh, uh, the, you have to know what transition your turkeys is in to hunt them, and and most of the time, the first of the season in a place like Land Between Lakes, all the big hardwood, and there's no foliage out, you scare a lot of turkeys. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've heard lots of people come by and talk to me about hunting Land Between Lakes. Said somebody scared a turkey off me. Yeah. And I got to thinking back over the years. You know who scared the most turkey off me? Yourself, probably. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's the way it goes. And, you know, you've got to be a little more 
prepared to hide and sit extremely still and uh, knowing how to set up on a turkey. Don't get where you can see 100 yards mm-hmm. where you call it. Maybe get over one of those little rises yep. and let him come around the edge of the hill or come over that rise where you, sh- you can see That makes see sense because you don't, you don't necessarily, if you, especially a turkey, you can you can hear him coming a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. You, well, you can, a turkey, you can hear him strut. So you don't necessarily need to see him way That's there. exactly right. Listen to that turkey strut, and he'll tell you where he's at. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed something else about hunting with these young people. Mm-hmm. I was young one time. I'm sure this is probably exactly what I'm thinking, but go ahead and I'll tell you. They got good ears and good eyes. Uh-huh. And I tell them, I said, don't take that for granted. Oh, that's not what I was thinking, but that's good too. That's they, they, <laughs> that's good. They've got those young eyes and young ears, the, and they can hear it. And I'll make these little fellows a lot of times, I'll say, all right, now, y'all can hear better than this old man here. I know you can hear good. And I said, when you hear a turkey and you hear one gobble, you tell me if mm-hmm. I don't hear him. I can still hear pretty good to be made. I said, listen for one to strut. Mm-hmm. And you drumming. That's a mm-hmm. I said, you learn to listen for that. Learn to listen for that sound. Learn to imprint that in your head. Mm-hmm. Because you'd be sitting there a lot of times, you'd never hear a turkey gobble, but you'll hear that strut. Mm-hmm. And you learn to recognize that. Mm-hmm. It'll help you so much. That's probably true. And, and, and I, these young people, I had them, hey, I heard one. I heard one strut. I believe. And I'd sit there and listen. Sure enough, I'd hear. Mm-hmm. I have to start listening for that, that more. That drumming. And, uh, and especially on some of your calm days, you know. Yeah. And, uh, what I thought you were going to say, I didn't think it was going to, I thought it was going to be about patience because that was always my well, biggest issue. Patience is very important in setting still. That was the biggest learning curve for me was learning how to be patient with a turkey. I watch people in the, I'm going to say when that turkey is just approaching shooting range, he just has got to move a little, and that's a no-no. And you have got to really position yourself when you sit down to have that gun to where you don't have to move much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, make sure your gun barrel's not going to be in contact with little limbs uh, and little twigs and stuff and things like that. It seems like the thing that always bit me, say, say I sit down, and, uh, and I get one or two goblin, maybe one goblin over here, a couple goblin over here, and one of them's working towards me. I can hear him, I can hear him getting closer and closer, then he, he goes quiet on me, and the time starts to pass, and I'm thinking, okay, well, he's not coming. And I, I make a move. I, try, I think I'm going after this one That's over here. That's where you made your mistake. And then I look back 15 minutes later, and that, that first turkey's standing right there where yeah. I was. You know, when I've noticed over the years, calling to hundreds and hundreds of turkeys, mm-hmm. when one is just been a goblin real good mm-hmm. and he shuts up yeah that's when i'm really got my radar on you think he's committed then he i think he's going to approach you and, and you after hunting them over the years mm-hmm. you'll learn the places he he's going to try to come up on you and it's not the wide open places a lot mm-hmm. of times it's an ambush place he'll slip up peep his head over that periscope head and look yeah. looking for that hen he's not looking for you yeah he's looking for that hen yeah and uh, that's what hmm. to do. And you, and a lot of times he'll strut, and, and that'll give his location away, uh-huh. and and try to recognize what direction that strut is, and, and and if you have to move just a little bit, just a little bit, you uh-huh. know that's time to do it. Yeah. While he's not looking that's at. Probably because he's. I mean, his yeah. his vision's gonna be blocked when he's strutting yeah, half right. the time. So. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, there's so many variables in turkey hunting, and I've just hadn't come close to. Learning everything. Well, if you haven't, I tell you. Know, every year, every year, 
I find myself learning something. Yeah. And I and I just hope I continue to do that. And uh, well, there must be a lot to learn. Well, I've, I've I have learned a lot, yeah. and I've, I've I've learned a lot by trial and error. Yeah. Uh, I've learned a lot about calling. You know, the best way to learn to call a wild turkey is to really listen to that wild turkey, the rhythm he's got, and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really, really, really take pride in my calling. I always like to sound as much like a turkey as I can. Mm -hmm. If I'm calling a goose, as much as, like a goose as I can, or a, or a deer grunt, you know. Yeah. You know of course, I mean, that's what you're imitating. You yeah, want to sound exactly like the real right. deal. And you don't have to be an expert caller to call a turkey up. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's lots of different calls. And somebody will always ask me, Earl, what's your favorite call to use? What kind of mouth call, a friction call, a box call, or just what kind of call, tube call? I tell them, I said, I, I, when I go, I've got two or three different calls. And most of the time, I'm going to end up using one, uh, two or three of them, you know, uh -huh. in, in a course of a turkey hunt. Uh -huh. And of course, I like my locator calls, you yeah. know, like an owl call. And here in Kentucky, my favorite locator call, without a doubt, is a crow call. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I use pretty yeah. much every crow time. Call. A hoot owl sometimes, but. I like a hoot owl uh, 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 early in the morning. Uh -huh. well, you know, yeah, well, and, first light, get, uh, that's yeah. what I'll use first light. Yeah. But I'd say afternoon hunting, you're just as successful yeah. in the afternoon in Kentucky yeah. as that's the morning. That's right, so. exactly right. And you know, I, I fought for this afternoon hunt years ago. Mm -hmm. Because I thought, you know, we were, our, our turkey biologist was George Wright, who I love dearly, he's, he's deceased now. And, but he really wanted to do just like Missouri, Missouri. Uh -huh. no afternoon hunting. We finally got it changed huh. because it gave the working man, well, they get off in the afternoon a chance to hunt. It gave the it. school children a okay. chance to That's hunt true. after That's school. True. I wouldn't have to skip school so That's much. exactly right. <laughs> and, but anyway, the Fish and Wildlife State Kentucky, saw that that was good and yeah. and I don't think it's hurt our, our turkey population at all. We got we more got, turkeys now than we ever have. That's exactly so. right. We got more turkeys now and and I can tell you something about that. I tell people every day I said I, I can't even tell you how blessed we are to have all these turkeys. Mm -hmm. But don't take it for granted. Yeah. I remember we didn't have. Them. Yeah, I hear and it all we time. can go I can remember when states like Mississippi had more than we did and went down to way low and then to come back up. Mm -hmm. Alabama, I was with the uh, people of the Fish and Wildlife Alabama last year, and uh, they told me that their turkey population was down a lot in some places. Hmm. So don't take that for granted, you know. I uh, wonder what caused it to drop off like that. Well, it, it, I, I'd say it could be several things. I, I'd say it could be uh, uh, weather related. Mm -hmm. It could be. Oh, uh, that's true. Uh, I know our harvest numbers are directly related to the winter we had before absolutely. every year. Absolutely. You know, the mash crops and things. That's Chad that just walked in there. Are you guys done? I was looking at the time. I guess we probably need to be wrapping it up, don't we? Oh, you got. Yeah, we need to get over there and do a sound check here. Yeah, it's 7 30. Well, how you doing? Good. Enjoyed meeting your son out there. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you. It's a pleasure to get you coming. I want you to know it, brother. Hey, I appreciate you coming. I'm really excited about tonight's show. It's well, a little different than anything we've ever offered before. We've always been strictly department people. Yeah. And uh, so to get someone from the, you know, you know. Well, you know, I, I'm telling him I started, I hunted the first hunt I ever hunted in the state of Kentucky. First one, first season ever. First oh, yeah. season. You told ever. me you're the only one alive that the killed. The only one alive, unfortunately. I, the only reason I am because I was one of the youngest ones in yeah. the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, of course, I was uh -huh. born and raised in Lamb Between the Lakes, and that's where they had to hunt. 
And I can remember he and I sitting here just talking how things has changed. Yeah. You know, so many things have changed from your equipment to uh, shotgun shells, clothes, oh, just yeah. everything. And the way you promote stuff, I was telling about that a while ago. When I first started in the business, we promoted through newspapers and magazines. Now it's social, your social media and yeah, everything. Internet, it's, yeah. You've got an internet and all that. That's the way you do it. One thing we didn't, I almost wanted to say this. I bet you advertisers and, and I bet you things were more trustworthy back then. Because you can put anything on social media or the internet. But to, get, right. it in, to get it in print, it had to be somewhat legitimate. It was. And you had, you had a, uh, some real good outdoor riders back in. And I... And a lot of them were just like some, uh, just like a basketball coach. Some of them were better than others, mm -hmm. and you could just tell, you know, they yeah. they were knew what they were doing. Well, nowadays, all writing, it news, uh, se selling things. We, yeah, it's all about how many clicks you get. Yeah. It's not about how good the information is. It's how, and a lot of times, unfortunately, it's about stirring up some controversy to get more people to click. Yeah, that unfortunately, that's right, and. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that uh, it's changed so much from your newspaper to your magazine mm -hmm. to your social media, like the internet, everything. It, it's my gosh, it's changed so much. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it's the better or the worse, but but it gets it gets the message out there. The way we had to used to do it to, to the turkey hunter was magazines. Mm -hmm. And then it came videos and stuff later after the magazine. Mm -hmm. Now then it's been uh, turkey shows on television and the social <laughs> media's got all the calls and wild turkey sound. It's just a, easier for a, a young hunter now or a, somebody who wants to start turkey hunting to find out things. Do you know, do you think that the expectations of a new hunter is much different than the expectations mm -hmm. of a new hunter? Absolutely, I was telling him earlier. <clears throat> Right now, I talk to not only my grandkids and young people, and uh, if they go and hunt two days and don't get to sh shoot at a turkey, they feel like a, they ain't been successful. That's because they see five right. minutes TV right. and turkey's killed. Ten I minutes tell TV them, I said, I said, some of the highlights of my whole turkey hunting is get to hear a turkey gobble. And if I got to working, <laughs> man, I feel like I've been super successful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't have to kill one. Well, this yeah. is something we talked about the other day on another podcast, too. Uh, people like who aren't hunters, and they, when they think about hunting, they think it's easier than it is because you only see people being successful on social media or on TV. Like, you, and it looks easy because everybody's successful. That's what it looks like. And your hunting is even worse because... How how many how many times in how many times in a season will you sit in a deer stand and see a 160 inch deer? Very few times. <laughs> a time. season? Yeah. That's, right, that's, that's exactly right. That's, <laughs> but here's the thing about turkey versus deer: a, a two-year-old turkey, a two-year-old turkey is adult. Yeah. A one-year-old turkey is a is a turkey that is legal. Yeah. And your deer, you know, a 160 deer more than likely has got to be four and a half, five year old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But say only one percent of deer actually have the genetics that's to make exactly 160. That's exactly right. And so. so you're right. They they see they see on television. Look what he got. I'm not going to shoot a deer unless he's that size. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never shoot a deer then. You may never shoot one. There's lots of people <laughs> that's hunted all their life in Kentucky, and some of the other states oh, yeah. that's never witnessed a Boone and Crockett getting a shot at one. Oh yeah, yeah. So. You know, it's amazing, and people ask me all the time when they get into hunting, <clears throat> and they say, well, what size deer should I take? And I say, if it's the, the best, 
best deer you've ever shot in your entire life. If last year's biggest deer you ever killed was this big and you see one this big, take it. You got all your life to hunt. Let me tell you what I tell because people. Because there's a good chance you're not going to get it anyway. A trophy is, a, is in the eyes of the beholder. That's right. And I last year, our church put on a hunt this year and it had some young kids. One of them come down and hunted at my place and some guy took him and he killed a little buck about like that. I, listen, he was so tickled. That's what it's about. That kid was absolute tickled to death. I was tickled for him. Yeah. That reminds me. So uh, this past season, Chase and I took an elk hunter. Mm -hmm. The guy got drawn to take an elk tag. He gets down there and he brings his brother. He and his brother are really close. We had done some scouting and we, we get out there and we had horrendous weather. Oh. Got up to almost 90. 90 in the rain. 90 in the rain. Is that October? Yeah. yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. So anyway, we had had a chance and passed on a chance on a smaller on a smaller bull. And on the third, third or fourth day, we get a chance to move in on the bull and we think, okay, right there's where the bulls are going to come out. They're going to come out there together. There's a draw that comes up and we're about 500, 600, maybe 700 yards away. And we make a big move. Well, we're having a rough time getting them you know, to keep moving, to get, stay up with us. When we get in there, we finally get in a position and we're waiting. We're waiting for that bigger bull to show up and it doesn't happen and the guy the guy's looking at me like i don't know why we're waiting i'm in range of that bull right there <laughs> and it was a big it was a big spike bull and he said i'm in range of that bull right there and i said listen we were whispering back i said if, if this camera wasn't here and i wasn't here and you were here hunting would you shoot that bull and he said absolutely i said well, can get ready <laughs> because now, you that was a good come back on him that was oh, yeah. as good as you can get well and you he want... pulled up and he shot that bull and they they started crying. No, they were great. hugging. No, One of them had a son that got killed in that gas station. I never have seen somebody so happy. And they made a great TV because they were so they were so excited. And it wasn't about making TVs for them; it was making memories. And you know, we told them, we said, you know what? It's not the size of the trophy; it's the size of the hunt. And for him, that was the biggest experience of his entire life. Yep. I tell people. Don't turn down the first day of what you shoot the last day. My yeah. God, I see that happen yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. Well, let's wrap this up so we can get right. for this TV Sorry, show. Sorry, I didn't mean to hold oh, hey, hey, you're going to have a podcast you, now. You've done good. Oh, you've right. done good. Sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd say I got that. Uh, luckily, I had this other camera. I turned it over there. I'm not sure if I used the video or not, but I'd say in this quiet room, because I'm using that as our to record audio, because we don't have any other stuff. So I'd say. One thing I do, one question I have for you. Uh, when I introduce you, you could be called a million different things. Uh, Co founder of Nightingale Game Calls, yeah, is that fine? That'd be fine. Okay. All right. That's all I needed to know. I'm going to get yeah. that get that loaded yeah. up. And uh, we'll we'll get sound check with you here in a second. Right. You'll have to swipe swap mics with that here in just a second. Okay. All right. We'll All wrap right. this good. up, Chad. Give me two minutes. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, like I said, that TV show is starting at eight o'clock, so we have a time limit. We can't we can't push okay, past. We. And uh, <clears throat> Chad coming in obviously had to to get that stuff squared away. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. Um, I guess the only thing, the one thing I wanted to say before Chad came in was just about luck. And that's basically, when you go turkey hunting, the reason it's you, the success, you said you can go two days in a row and have good luck, and then you'd be on your knees a couple of days later asking, what, what can I do for a turkey? And a lot of that has to do with luck. That has a lot to do with luck, and you know, a lot of times you can make you luck. Mm -hmm. uh, but making good choices, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. and but uh, still, it's a, hunting's got a lot of luck in it. Well, it kind of comes full circle to, sure does. to the business, it, uh, is what absolutely. I was thinking. Because in a way, you... You guys kind of had to get lucky or make your own luck with you the business did. as well. We, we was blessed. Uh, 
a lot on on business, and we we've certainly realized uh -huh. that. And well, uh, because you guys didn't set out to start a business, you just met up and went turkey hunting and ran into somebody and things. We wanted to make enough money. Yeah, to go in turkey the beginning hunting. to go turkey hunting in Missouri. Yeah, that's what I read. The the yeah. goal was and was to uh, make enough money to go turkey hunting. That's awesome. Yeah, that's why I think I like the story so much is because it was organic and it wasn't something that was set out to make a lot of money. It was something that was set out just because you guys enjoyed doing it. Well, we certainly enjoyed doing it, uh -huh. and we still enjoyed doing it. Yeah. And, uh, but both of us enjoy watching people get to hunt that's never hunted before, mm -hmm. or somebody killed the first turkey. Mm -hmm. we, we like to share. I'm and sure I, you'd trade one of your, a turkey this year for yourself to go out oh, and let somebody else listen, have it. it ain't about me. Yeah, you've killed a lot of turkeys. So. That's right. I got to hunt last year, one of my most favorable hunts, uh -huh. one of my most favorite hunts, Last year with an 87-year-old man, Mr. Mm -hmm. Fox Hayes, huh. the owner of Mossy Oak, mm -hmm. and watched him kill a turkey. Mm -hmm. And I honestly God cried really? myself. I found tears because <laughs> how happy yeah. his son and grandson oh, was really? when he killed that turkey. I, I called that turkey, and Mr. Fox, I put a decoy out, and that turkey runs that decoy. Mm -hmm. Now, we wasn't in old blind either. He's 87 years old, scooting his feet out and sitting in front of trees with a camera in there, and it's going to be aired on one of the television shows, uh -huh. but I caught myself tears coming down. I said, that is so great to see a son, a grandson. Get excited like that. So excited for their daddy uh -huh. and the love that was there in that hunt. That. I'll have to watch that one. I can find it. Have you ever hunted Shelby County, just out of curiosity? Shelby County, Kentucky? Yes, sir. I have not. I know mm -hmm. where Shelby County is. That's where I'm from. I was just wondering yeah. if you'd ever been in those uh, woods. I, I have not hunted Shelby County, but there's lots of places I hadn't hunted in Kentucky. I've hunted lots of different states uh -huh. in the United States for turkey. Uh -huh. I've got a few states in the New England states that I haven't hunted, but uh -huh. uh, you know, out west, the Marin, the, and the Rio Grande, the Osceola. You've done the and, Grand Slam yeah, probably? Oh yeah, but you know, I tell people a Grand Slam to me is four Eastern. Oh really? Four Eastern yeah. turkey, that's my yeah. favorite. I'd say the Eastern's probably yeah. the top dog. Oh it is. Now I like to hunt the Marin turkey out in Montana and mm -hmm. Wyoming, the true Marin. It's a lot of fun. People say it's tougher to get the Eastern though, right? It, he's a he's a true wild turkey. Uh -huh. A lot of them are tough. Yeah. Uh, any turkey's had pressure put on him is tough. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, I'll tell you what, let's wrap it up. Let's go do the TV show. I'll be answering phones and you'll be answering questions. All so. right. I appreciate it. Hey, I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I'm going to steal that mic back from you here in just a second, but like I said, I really do appreciate your time. <laughs>